See, Jeremiah relates to them emotionally, that's compassion, but doesn't capitulate to them spiritually, that's conviction. We have to have that balance, compassion and conviction. It's Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. That's what he's doing. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Fort Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, glad you're with us today. And Pastor, I'm glad that we're gonna be uh, talking about this topic here of speaking the truth in love, because I think that uh, that is one of the things that many believers struggle with. You know, we, we know that we're called to be loving, uh, but we also know that we're called to pursue a certain standard of holiness, of righteousness, of right living. And I think uh, we can tend to err on one side or the other, speaking the truth yes. harshly or uh-huh. doing what we think is the loving thing to do and then not uh, actually proclaiming the truth. Yeah. It reminds me of a story that I like to tell, Steve, uh, when I was a sanitation engineer and a, <laughs> and a landscaping engineer. For those of you who are challenged by that, I used to clean toilets and cut grass for the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, there were only three of us, Rodney and uh, John and myself. And John and I were both believers. Mm -hmm. And Rodney was an alcoholic. Mm. And uh, I think you'll like this, Steve. So John would tell Rodney, Rodney, you're going to hell. You need to get rid of that alcohol, blah, blah, blah. And I would share with Rodney, I'd say, you know, Christ loves you. He, He died for you. He's God in the flesh. And, you know. And he would say, well, aren't you going to say anything about my drinking? I said, well, no, I I used to take drugs, but uh, when I got saved, he took that away from me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we let Jesus do the cleaning. We don't try to clean the fish before we catch him. And then here's what Rodney said to me. After I'd been on the job about six months, I came last. Here's what Rodney said to me. He said, Bo, that's my nickname. I need to ask you a question. I said, go ahead, Rodney. I thought he's going to ask me, you know, something about the Bible, something about Jesus. He said, do you and John know the same Jesus? (laughs) I said to him, I said, yes, we do. And then I shared this verse with him. I said, the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. And I'll talk to John uh, because he's speaking the truth. That's the message. Mm Mm-hmm but it's not in love. That's the motivation. So the message and the motivation have to balance, and he's not giving you that balance. Now, I need to tell you, though, Rodney, what he's saying is true. There is a hell, uh, Mm -hmm. but Jesus died so that you won't have to go there. And by the way, uh, you, if you're listening and you're like Rodney uh, in any capacity, you don't know Jesus, you can call us. Give us the number, Steve. Man, the best number to call right now would be uh, 1-888-NEED-HIM. Someone there who is ready to talk with you, to pray with you, to answer questions about what it means to come to know Jesus. The number again is 1-888-NEED-HIM. Well, if you can, grab a Bible and uh, join us in Jeremiah chapter 8, looking at verse 22 as we continue the message, Is There a Doctor in the House? Here is Pastor Ford. Well, you're God. Couldn't you make us? Yes. But there are certain things that I will not force you to do. I ain't going to force nobody to be saved. I'm not going to force anybody to live holy. I'm not going to force anybody to read their Bible. I'm not going to force anybody 
uh, to serve me, to worship me, to give to me. I'm not going to force it. You got to want to do that. And they did not want to do that. I put down D.L. Moody's quote, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. That's a true quote. And so what's going on? What's the plight of the patient? Let me tell you, based on the four whys, here's the plight of the patient. Uh, Every why has a concomitant uh, reason. And, And let me say excuse. So here they are. Number one, it doesn't make sense to us. God's solution doesn't make sense. And how much does God tell us that doesn't make sense? And we talked about it all the time, ad infinitum, ad nauseum. The way to be the first is to be the? Uh, the way to be exalted is to be humble. Uh, on and on. The way to get a crown is have a cross. That don't make sense. You're in debt up into your ears. Every credit card is run up. Red paper in every envelope that come into your house. And you say, God, I want to get out of debt. And he says, tithe. That doesn't make sense. Why? I'm already broke. Now you're telling me to make another bill and make that bill first. And then God will say, it's not a bill. It's an act of worship. And you need to understand uh, that it is not a withdrawal. It's an investment in the kingdom of God. And as long as you have that perspective, you ain't going to ever get out of debt. Amen. But then secondly, it's not the way we would do it. I don't want to do that. When it's not our way, here's the key word, sacrifice. I ain't willing to make that sacrifice. I got to do what I got to do because I got to make it easy on myself, even if it means neglecting you. Come on now. I know I'm telling the truth. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. The timing. This ain't the time for me. How many people have said, well, after I finish college, after I do this, after I pay this off, after I do this? And how many will be like me? I used to say that until I said, I'm going to put God first. I don't care what. I found that even after I got out of debt, I still didn't do what I was supposed to do with my money. Oh, I'm the only one? I said anybody relate to me. And then what happens? You go through the same thing again. So all the sacrifices that you did for God, uh, uh, I'm sacrificing you, God, so I can do what I got to do. And then you do what you got to do and get to a place. And then you do the same old practices and get in the same old position. And it's always God who's neglected. Mm. Putting the oil to the squeak because it's quiet in here. Yeah. And so that's it. It's not our way. The timing, it's a, it's a sacrifice and it doesn't make sense. Naaman. Go wash in Jordan. And Jordan is muddy. And, and where I got baptized was as chocolate as I am. And that's why they call it muddy Jordan. It ain't dirty water. It's just dark water. He said, no, look at all the rivers there. This don't make sense to me. I mean, this ain't the way I want to do it. John chapter 5. The man at the pool of Bethesda. We looked at that. So Jesus came to him. He's waiting for the water to be troubled and nobody to push him in. He'd been there for years. Nothing ever happened. So Jesus comes and says, would you make me whole? He didn't understand the question. See, he wanted to be healed. Jesus said, you want to be made whole. Healing is a part of the wholeness. Jesus is talking about spiritually, 
socially, emotionally, psychologically, materially, financially, all the leaves. And get this. This is Israel. That's why I'm bringing it up. This is us. That's why I'm bringing it up. Because the answer, get this now, the answer, he's at the pool, right? He thinks the answer is in the pool and the answer is at the pool. He's saying the physician and the medicine's right here. Okay, I got to give you an example. I'm so excited about this example to share this example. So we're talking about prayer. Now, I changed my message. I changed my message because, and my message was done. I'm doing First Peter, and I'm done. Okay? And, and so, but, but, you know, I was like, it was like Saturday night, and, and, and I'm done. And then it's like the Holy Spirit says, no, you ain't. I want you to do a message on prayer. I said, ain't nobody but the devil. I'm done. I'm about to go to bed. I don't have to do a Saturday night special because sometimes I'm up till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't get sleep. When I tell you nothing says loving like something from the oven, this is fresh bread. I ain't kidding. It wasn't even done. And I had to pull it out. So I do that message that I did Sunday. And everything that I did, I prayed and asked God, how should I do this? So you remember what I said afterward? I said, what I want you to do is I want everybody to pray with somebody you don't know. Get one request. Now, guess what? This woman shouted at me. She came up to me. She said, Pastor Ford, I got to tell you something. I said, what? She said, I don't know that lady. And that lady don't know me. I asked her, what does she need? She said, I just lost my job. I need a job. My company closed down. I need a job. She said, I told her, that's amazing. My company is hiring. Why don't you come tomorrow? Do you hear me? I shouted. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing it. She said, I couldn't leave here without telling you that. And I said to myself, think about that. If the only reason God had me change my message to prayer was so that those two ladies could pray and that sister could get a job. Now, remember what I preached? What I preached about Abraham? Where did he get the information? At the place of prayer that many people aren't getting the information because they don't have a place of prayer, a place where they regularly meet with God, where he talks to them, where they open up their heart and let God pour into them and God pull out of them and tell them what he wants them to do. I said, where's Frank Rasan when you need him? He's up in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's confirmation for me. You're doing the right thing. That's right. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Jeremiah 33, 3, I'll show you great and mighty. Call unto me and I'll answer you. And show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. Luke 1, 11. Let me tell it to you real quick. Zechariah is in the course of Aviah at the altar of incense. Three aspects to it. I don't have time to go into it. He's doing the third aspect, which is the most prestigious. What is that, Pastor Ford? Actually putting the incense on the burning coals. That was considered the icing on the cake when it came to the altar of incense. And so one person's job was to clean it. Another person's was to bring some new coals. Another person was to bring the lighting materials. And another person's job 
was to drop that incense because the incense represent prayer. Amen. And so our high priest, that incense represents Jesus Christ in his high priestly prayer for you and I. And here's what I want you to see. Sunday we said the answer to his prayer came at the place of prayer. You know what it says in Luke 1.11? Now here's the thing. Here's the plight. One of the catalysts for Jeremiah telling them, come on, you're laying back and not doing what you spoke, because you, you know you're, you're being disciplined, but instead of going to the physician, you crying in the soup. Get busy. Now why get busy? Because of Luke 111. Where did his answer of prayer come? At the place of ministry. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called, Is There a Doctor in the House? And we'll get back to this teaching from Jeremiah chapter 8 in just a moment. You know, Pastor Ford is pretty passionate about a number of issues and topics. You hear that if you're a regular listener, but he's written a number of books about marriage and relationships. That's one thing that uh, he really feels strongly about. And you can check out the different books he's written by coming to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the link that says Books by Pastor Ford. It's right there on the left side of the homepage. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. So here's what I wrote this morning. This morning, you know, I said, let me write this down before I forget it. And, and I wrote it down as we're taking prayer. And, and I wrote down, the master ministered to his manservant while the manservant was ministering to the master. While he was serving. And that's what he's saying. Listen, let me tell you something. Uh, you need to understand something. People, Jeremiah wants to instigate them, wants them to know, listen, you got to get involved. That's the perspective of the prophet. See, Jeremiah relates to them emotionally, that's compassion, but doesn't capitulate to them spiritually, that's conviction. We have to have that balance, compassion and conviction. It's Ephesians 4.15. Speak the truth in love. That's what he's doing. Okay, it's time now to get up. It's time to get up off all the excuses. It's time to get busy. It's time to realize everybody got issues and ain't nobody up in here perfect. It's time for us to put aside the excuses and make time for the Lord to do the things that God has told us to do. In our case, get this prayer going like it ought to be going and raise the standard and the temperature so that everybody feels uncomfortable because the standard is here and I'm way down here. Galatians 6.1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in his fault, ye which are spiritual, not everybody, ye which are spiritual, not just any old body, uh, ye that are spiritual, not just your friends, ye that are spiritual, Restore such a one in a spirit of restore, resnap the broken bone in a spirit of meekness. Here's what you do. The truth. Boom. Snap that bone. But in meekness. Why? Considering yourself. Why? Lest you also be because there go I say for the grace of God. How do you want somebody to restore you? And that's what he's doing. Things aren't well for Israel. And uh, the perspective of the prophet is this. Here's what I need you to understand. Things aren't well for you, Israel. You're going through a difficult time. And, and they're not experiencing God's best, and they're blaming God for it. And he's saying, you think God has buried you. He hasn't. 
and there's some single mom in here who lost one of her two jobs and, and can't make her ends meet now and said, God, you said you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. Well, what's my issue? You're on your way to the divorce court and you did everything to try to save that marriage. You're in the married class. You even came to marriage Monday when the Smiths were here. And on and on it goes. And Jeremiah tells us, you're not buried, you're planted. Now walk with me, walk with me. You're not buried, you're planted. See, a lot of you think you're buried. You're not buried, you're planted. You think it's, oh, no, 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 no. So what's the difference? Let me walk down with you. See, buried is forever. Planting is only temporary. You ain't under the ground uh, forever. And so then both burying and planting covers you in dirt. Anybody ever been covered in dirt? And usually what is the dirt? The dirt is the hate that people do to you. The dirt is the slight that people do. The dirt is the wrong that's been done. And so a whole lot of us have been covered with dirt. But we need to realize that dirt covers you when you're buried, but dirt cultivates you when you're planted. So when you're buried, it's an interment. But when you're planted, it's an incubator. Y'all see the difference? Yeah. See, the, when you're buried, the purpose is finality. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. But when you're planted, the purpose is fruitfulness. Because what happens? You're buried, uh, but you're the seed of God. And you get uh, nourishment from the hate. Uh, uh, 18, last time we did it, uh, 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 when we talked about criticism, that was a couple years ago. But remember, I told you one day I sat down and I said, what are the benefits of being criticized, being hated on? And I gave you 18 good things about being criticized. 18. Ain't got time for them now, but I can tell you one of them. It lets you know what people think of you. Whatever their criticism is, analyze it, deal with what's true, but now you see how they see you. On and on it goes. And so what happens? When you're buried, it's over. But when you're planted, it's the beginning. Because what happens? Uh, the dirt's on you. And, and who knows how long it's going to be on you? It determines what kind of seed it is. Y'all ain't praying with me in here. This boy teaching tonight. Yes, I am. It depends on what kind of seed it is. What is God trying to produce? And then what happens? As the nutrients from the dirt, that's right, from the hate, and the watering of the word and the, and the heat of the Holy Spirit cultivated. First you break through the ground. Then your branches go up. Then you produce fruit. And now you're over what you used to be under. Hmm. Hallelujah. Wallace Johnson. What's the best day of your life? Well, there's a song. Remember this song? You got to keep your H-E-A-D-U-P and never G-I-V-E-U-P. Anybody remember that song? Y'all don't listen to gospel? Y'all remember that song? I think it was the soul children of Chicago, too. Y'all, let me shame yourself. Yeah, they had a song. Keep your H-E-A-D-U-P and never G-I-V-E-U-P. Okay, for those of you who can't spell... I said, keep your head up and never give up. Amen. And so what's happening here? 
Uh, Wallace Johnson, tell me the worst day of your life when I was fired from the lumber mill that I worked for and was managing. Wallace Johnson, tell me when was the best day of your life when I was fired from the lumber yard uh, that I worked at and was managing. Well, how can your worst day also be your best day? Because I went home, told my wife what had happened, and my wife said, don't worry about it. I've got enough that I've saved, see, there ain't a whole lot of wives can say this, that I saved from the money you gave me. It's enough for you to invest in what you've always dreamed of doing. And so Wallace Johnson teamed up with uh, Wilson, and they opened Holiday Inn. Hmm. Bernie Marcus, what's the worst day of your life? When I was fired as the CEO of Handy Andy. Uh, Bernie Marcus, what's the best day of your life? When I was fired as CEO of Handy Andy. But wait a minute, how can your worst day also be your best day? Because I didn't know what to do. Here's what he said, I quote, I was drowning in my own sorrow, going several nights at a time without sleeping. Then here's what happened. He got a call from the CEO of a bank. He said, you remember me? He said, yeah, I remember you. He said, I heard what happened to you. It wasn't right. He said, and I want you to know if you have another venture, I'm going to work with you on your venture. Now, let me tell you why that guy called him. Remember when we were talking from Hebrews and we said, choose right relationships, you know, preparation for your destination, that you don't know what people God are going to use to bless you, so you ought to treat everybody right. Even the people you say, I don't like them. That might be the very person that's going to bless you. Well, guess what? This guy called him because he was so nice and kind to him when he was down and out. And now he called him. And so Bernie Marcus started Home Depot. What a story, huh? You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called, Is There a Doctor in the House? And I hope that you'll make it a point to continue this teaching next time we're on the air. But maybe you know that you're not going to be able to listen live on the radio next time. You don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. Come to the website right now and sign up to begin podcasting the program. And if you happen to use iTunes for podcasting, would you go ahead and rate the podcast? That really is helpful. Again, you'll find the link to sign up to podcast the program when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, Pastor Ford's back in the studio with me for just a moment here, Pastor. And as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, this is a time when many of us think about giving. A lot of organizations and ministries and not-for-profits are saying, would you help us finish this year strong? And quite honestly, the same is true for us here at Treasure Truth. It sure is. And it's an investment in the only two things that last forever, the Word of God and the lives of men and women and boys and girls. And so when we give... Uh, we are giving to that which is going to reap eternal benefits. Yeah. Yeah, because Moody Radio is touching lives all over the world, and you have a part in it when you give to Moody Radio. Well, if you would like to give and be a part in touching those lives, as Pastor said, literally all over the world, and to help us continue to share this Bible teaching program, You can give online by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the donate button. You can give a one-time year-end gift, or you could become a monthly giver. Again, just come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the donate button. Thanks for doing that. Thanks also for listening today. And thanks to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio. 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.